Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because what other way to go into a podcast than just launch into it? I'm Scott Telford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Telford. For the ever-changing podcast. Maybe that's the name. I don't even know. We've got four or five varieties. We thought maybe the wind-up, because most of the time me and Josh are just arguing about stuff anyway, in a nice <laughs> playful sense. But most of the time, Josh says he likes doing a bit of the old side quests. I go, mate, I can't stand it. And it's the wind-up. That's, well, it, that's what it is. That's what I like, Scott. I pitched you the wind-up because I was in bed the other night and I couldn't sleep. It was like 1 a.m. and I thought, <laughs> what would we good podcast I love sleep, we've been racking our brains for this for months and I thought you know what the wind up for everything you just said there because we'd like to be on the wind up we like to wind each other up but also <laughs> this is a Monday podcast and therefore it winds up the week theoretically it's smart it's intelligent <laughs> and it's funny it's one of the best one of the best Foo Fighters songs. What, what else is it not? The wider is whatever we need it to be. Um, which in this case, because um, we're not necessarily debating anything out, um, we just thought we'd do a what we're playing because um, in the next few weeks, obviously, there'll be bigger releases coming. But me and you have been dotting about back and forth a few different things. You've been playing a little bit of Hollow Knight. I've been losing my mind playing the Tokyo Olympics game, um, <laughs> which is surprisingly good, to be honest. It is just a mini game collection, but it's brilliant. Um, but we should start with you because, you, yeah, you've been delving into Hollow Knight, which is one of the biggest games of... Um, 2017-ish, had a bit of a staggered release, but it eventually totally came to consoles in 2017. Dude, I've been living on Hollow Knight. I didn't <laughs> think I was going to love it as much as I did, because if you remember our podcast last week, I mm-hmm. just finished Blasphemous, and I just jumped into Hollow Knight, played like a couple hours of it, and I was like, oh, the combat isn't as good as Blasphemous, I don't know whether I'm going to enjoy it as much, I don't know how long <laughs> I'm going to be in this world for, and then I played it for 30 hours in a week, you know what I mean, and then I played it for over and over again because I just got into it that much because the way that Mm -hmm. game evolves, man, the way that game unfurls itself and plays all of its cards is just an experience that I've not had in such a long time. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes huge inspiration from the first Dark Souls. You know, that's no secret, but it's it's so similar, not in terms of its kind of, you know, direct inspirations, but in terms of the way it makes you feel like, exploring a level becoming powerful learning what you know about the land well my that wasn't that wasn't a pump that was my chair (laughs) going backwards and forwards i accidentally kicked it sorry about that dark spirits have invaded (laughs) the way you like learn about the level the way this the way you gain power in it man it's just it's so moorish it's so good and Mm -hmm. you know i've been talking to your friend and mine ash millwin about it because she absolutely Uh adores it as well and it's just so great because the game is so full of secrets 
that every single time you go around a corner or get a new area, man, you fall, you're like just discovering something that you just want to share with someone that you just want to talk about. And I love that. <laughs> I think it's, I adore it, man. I we we need to talk about um, both of our uh, in true wind up fashion, classic us fashion, news lads fashion, that <laughs> me and you approach side quest content in a very different way. Because um, I, for the most part, will just do whatever the main focus of the game is. We kind of had this when we both talked about Skyward Sword because you found, obviously, there's a, there's a whole night version of the world in that game that I didn't even see for a second because I didn't talk to any of the side people enough to be able to trigger that sort of thing. But you, I, because for me, if I go back to like, you know, what's going to be the impetus behind me, like seeking out every individual piece of content, I'm immediately put off because I think of Assassin's Creed's flags and I think of GTA 4's uh, pigeons, which like, I know are, are just item-based collectibles, but that mentality is what puts me off where it's like, oh, you can go scour the environment and find stuff. And uh, even though I'm playing through Death's Door at the minute and there's like, there's like a true ending available in that, um, but it requires like scouring everything again. And I'm like, I'm never going to do that. I'm never just going to wander around and see if something, if I stumble upon something, I'm always constantly aware of the time I'm wasting or the time, because right. if I don't find something, then it, and, then, and then it's it's not even the sunk cost fallacy. It's it's just sunk life. I'm just like, I could have been doing something else. So what's your general thoughts on this stuff? Because I think collectibles and like hiding side content and making it meaningful is like a, one of the biggest discussions that people have. Well, it's, it's funny, man. I, I like this as potentially the focus of this podcast because you <laughs> talked about what we were playing before we started filming and mm -hmm. you threw up a list of like six things, you know, five, six things. And I had two. And I think that's kind of like <laughs> sort of how we approach games. You know, I feel like you're very much, and correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but I feel like you're very much someone who likes to jump into a lot of different things. Yes. Whereas for me, if I'm in something, like I'm totally in it. I always kid myself and say, no, I'll just play the main story. I'll just blitz through it. I'll just you know, ignore all the extra stuff. But you play entire franchises too, which yeah. like in, in, in a row, which is just like, I don't know what that is, but you've got, you do that as well. <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, I always say that, and then I always just end up being in there for the long haul. So same with Hollow Knight. I thought, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll play through the, the game. I'll play through until the first ending and then I'll be done with it. And I got to Friday night and I beat the quote unquote last boss. And I mm. thought, you know what? I've just done some really hard stuff there. I've beat this quote unquote last boss. I don't necessarily mind if I don't get all of the extra content. I don't mind if I don't beat the proper last boss. That's fine. I already know about that. <laughs> and then I woke up Saturday morning and I thought, no, I'm, I'm not done with this. I have some right. unfinished business. I need to go back in. So for me, when I'm like playing a game, I'm like totally all in on it. And I do understand mm. that, you know, that's such a huge investment in a lot of ways, especially with games now. Like Hollow Knight's 30 hours and I've still got, you know, time to put into it. Skyward Sword was 30 to 40 hours. You mm. know, you play games like the Mass Effect trilogy that like go on for 100 hours. It's a lot of time well, to sink in. But as long as I'm enjoying it, like I want to find everything or at least find So this is... This is the key thing. I do want to make an addendum to the um, the thing you said before, because I am very much the big dipper. Let me dip left, right, and center. I love it. And I want to try as much stuff as possible, but I do have, if so, it's, I kind of just view it as like a, like I taste test everything. And then it's like, whatever gets its hooks in me. Sometimes it's subconsciously. I'll just know that I'm going to go back to something. And Death's Door has been the first game that I've really like dedicated time to um, in, I don't know, like a month or something. Um, of like, cause I, I'm still playing everything that's coming out. Um, but then Death's Door, that's all I've been playing. And I've got through, I'm right at the last boss, which is an absolute penis, to be honest. I absolutely hate that thing, that final. But you're going to do it first try, because I can already tell <laughs> that you'll just look at it and it'll beat itself because of the state that you're in. But like um, that game, though, I want to just make that addendum because I do like testing as trying as much stuff as possible. And I kind of have this like subconscious test where if something is like bedded itself in, then I'll go back to it. Whereas yeah. you'll force yourself through stuff. I remember the, 
I remember the days of you and Days Gone when I was just like, <laughs> why are you doing this to yourself? Whereas for me, if I know something is wasting my time or I don't know, I'm just not feeling it, then it takes a lot for me to like brute force my way through a game, especially with side content. Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. I feel like it's like a deep psychological difference because, you know, it's not just <laughs> in terms of games. Like, I, I enjoy completing things and I enjoy finishing mm. things. And as a result, that's why I don't watch much telly. Like, if something doesn't have an ending, I don't like jumping in because I don't know when I'm going to be finished with it or feel that sense <laughs> of satisfaction when I've, like, closed something right. off, ticked a box, being like, I've done that. I've completed it, mate. I'm on to the next I'm thing. I'm free and I, again. Yeah. And I don't know why that gets its hooks in me so much, but, you know, it's it's, it's fascinating because I love that, you know, this, potentially, this week at least, is the wind-up and we wind each other up all the time. But, um, you know, I remember when we were playing Ghost of Tsushima and we both... <laughs> I was like, going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, we both agreed on this game. We were like, this is one of the best PlayStation 4 exclusives. One of the, maybe Game of the Year, you know, we were like, we're having such a good time. We both agreed on it. We were like, Ben Roy, you're wrong. This is one of the best games. And then we sat down and went, oh, Scott, why did you love it? Oh, Josh, why did you love it? And we had completely different reasons. I was like, I, I love the I love the side characters. I love doing their side missions. I love how it all wraps around. And you were like, I don't, I'm not playing. I'm not really what playing those yet, What are you talking about, Josh? Josh I've not, not really seen those yet. And I was just like, I, I think that's so fascinating. And it's just kind of like a testament to how these games are built to provide players with, you know, ultimately the same experience, but the fact that mm. you can go through them in your own personal way and get, you know, the same thing I got out of it but by playing it almost completely differently, I think that's, you know, <laughs> just reflective of a great, great, well-made game. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in regards to Sushima, like, that has some of the most rewarding side content on it. And it's not like I avoided all of it. I still did most of the side stuff. I just, I didn't do the stuff uh, with the monk and the prayer beads. It was, like, that whole character. I didn't do that stuff. And the woman who's, like, trying to find the person who killed her husband... Uh, or something like that. Tano didn't do the rest of it, but it was something like that. And um, But I did do the vast majority. And my whole thing with that game was I love the way that it acknowledges that stuff in whatever order you do it. And I was like, that's brilliant because it doesn't matter if I do the, the quote unquote main stuff first. And um, the way that it's written, they've recorded enough dialogue that references the other stuff whenever you get to it. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant. Um, but hardly any games do that. You sort of, you have your designated main stuff, your designated side stuff. And that's kind of it. And I remember when um, Red Dead 2 was kicking off and it was like Rockstar were like, we're going to re we're gonna completely change how you even think about an open world game. And I like that idea of like, you know, you still have main missions, you still have markers on the map to go to, but stuff can generate around you. A character can stagger out of a bar next to you and all of a sudden you're in that mission if you decide to do it. Um, but for me, I don't know, there's something about the time sink of it where I'm just kind of like, you talk about like, wanting to get the most out of something and then it's, it, it's so you can make sure it's done. I don't necessarily care about something having like a really long tail and I'm not going to 100% it, but I do want to make sure that my time spent with it is worthwhile. So I tend to gravitate towards the main stuff or I gravitate towards yeah. the story stuff or something like that. Um, Skyward Sword, for example, like I came away from that just hating it. I thought it was terribly paced for the main stuff and I thought the side stuff didn't get, bring me in whatsoever. Um, we should talk about Fallout New Vegas, though, because I feel like, because you mentioned wanting to go back to that a couple of times. And yes. it, is it, does it feel like there's something in that game you've not seen yet? Because I would think that you would have combed the hell out of that by now. Well, you, you think, man, but that game, <laughs> and I think, you know, all the games we're mentioning here to an extent, Hollow Knight, Fallout New Vegas, even Sushima, like, it all throws new stuff up. I feel mm. like even if you think you've gotten almost everything out of it, I feel like there's often some parts of it that you just haven't seen. Like, yeah, I've, I've replayed New Vegas um, so many different times now. It's like the, easily the most the, the game I've replayed the most. But mm -hmm. there is still so much in that game that I've not done. Like I, I haven't done a master completion of like 200 hours of it. Like I, every time I jump into it, I play it for like 50 or so, I guess. And then I come away with it and those were my, my choices. But there were still mm -hmm. so many like 
quests that I've not, not explored all the consequences of. There's probably still some parts of the map that I've not fully explored. And I, I do agree with you that, you know, I'm not in it to just 100% something for the sake of it. I'm mm. in it until my, um, you know, attention is drawn away, until I'm not engaged anymore. But what I like about games like New Vegas, games like Hollow Knight especially, is that it, they're not necessarily built for completionists. They're built for you to have an experience and a unique experience. And, you know, the game will throw you certain side quests or mm. certain consequences to your actions that, you know, will be unique to you. And you will only figure out the alternatives for those kind of sequences if you go back and replay the full thing, which I rarely, rarely do. So mm. I love that, you know, even though I might get 90% of the game completed or 85% or whatever, see the main story out, see the final boss, out um there's still lots of secrets left to discover when i'm watching youtube videos like i was watching right. a youtube video um last night on hollow Knight. i think it might be the uh might be in the game makers toolkit one mm-hmm. and he was talking about like all how all the different levels connect and stuff and i was looking at like the full master list of the map and seeing connections that i just totally missed and i was like that's right. so cool and um, <laughs> because you know it's it is ultimately the way you forge your own path through these games is what makes it meaningful. It's not just tick ticking the box, but the fact that you yeah, have all yeah. these different variables and things you can hunt down. For me, I just always do. You know, I always try to get as much. It's as I can. Like, I'm trying to think of many games that walk that line really well. Like I think one of the last times that I really loved doing random off the beaten path stuff was actually Immortals: uh, Phoenix mm-hmm. Rising. And I know that only like seven people played that, but like still, I love the way that that game. Like it's main. St- the story was nothing in that game. Like the voice, the voice acting, the way that the conversations go between main characters. It, it's it's mostly terrible, if not completely utterly forgettable. But the way that that game is put together, where you just have these like really fun, easy, accessible, and and rewarding um, and satisfying uh, puzzle dungeons, and they're very like physics based alongside combat dungeons, alongside um, this really like streamlined and tight progression loop, or, like like you know, upgrade system where you're always getting stronger, always getting new moves, always upgrading those new moves, um, and finding new gear. Um, you were always doing something, and it was one of those things that I think is so rare in games where, like, you know, you open up an, uh, an open world map, or you look at a level, and you know, like, well, I'm at A, I'm going to go to B, but then you spiral off and do something else, and then, oh, while you're doing that, something else spirals off, and, and you just, it becomes this sort of, like, a, like expanding concentric circle thing, and eventually you come back to where you were actually heading, but you've done all these other things on the way there, and obviously Red Dead 2 did that, Breath of the Wild did that, um, and they do them to different degrees, and, like, Ghost of Sushima does that, for, for example, but... It's a hard thing. It's a hard line to walk. And I think the more that a game like literally spreads out like or, or um, you know, signposts like this is your main campaign. This stuff is side. Yeah. I'm always going to go down the main route and I'm always aware that I'm doing a side thing. And so it's it depends how it like blows those lines, because for me, I'm just like, what do I where do I go? What do I do? Who do I talk to to get the most out of this game? And it's yeah. not to speed run it. But like, I always just think that I'm always aware when I'm quote unquote wasting time unless it's done extremely well. No, I fully agree, man, because like you you only want the content if it's meaningful. Like I'm fully with mm. you. I don't want to be hunting down pigeons. I don't want to <laughs> be, you know, searching for flags in Assassin's Creed. To me, that doesn't feel like meaningful content. It's cool no. for those people who, you know, want to trophy hunt or want for the full levels. 100% com- 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 uh, completion and stuff like that. But for me, the content itself, you know, needs to have an impact. It needs to resonate with me it needs to deliver something new and unique otherwise i'm not going to want to engage with it you know there Mm. are lots of side missions in games that i have not done that i've not engaged with at all like i wouldn't touch the was it the drinking games in watchdogs or was it like the arm wrestling games that had so many games 
that were bad and were oh, just in a Legion. waste of time in the yeah. first one, but also right. probably the rest. I, I have not played Legion <laughs> probably to be fair. I don't know what mini games that has in. Um, it barely happened to be honest, but yeah. You know, like like that kind of content for the sake of content is something that I'm not going to get engaged with and will just turn me off completely. But when you mm-hmm. have something that, like you said, you know, is spontaneous and just kind of like crops up while you're on your way to a main mission, perhaps, and then suddenly, like you say, you know, you've met a new character who's given you another mission, then you're at this other part of the map, and you're like, wow, this is cool. How did I get here? That mm-hmm. kind of progression from A to B and that kind of sense of exploration is like, it's, it's why I play games for the most part, you know, like right, that's right. what I'm here for. And while I do love a solid main story, it is kind of having my own unique experience within the confines of the game that the developers have created that ultimately separates the great games from like my absolute personal favorites for mm-hmm. me. I feel like for the most part, anyway, all my all time top favorites have give me a sense of agency in the world, you know, to kind of not necessarily break the rules, but certainly flex inside them. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. 
Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Were there any games for you where, where the side stuff, where you broke on it? Like, I know Days Gone was like a hell of a mountain to climb, but did you do as much stuff as possible in The Witcher? Because I found that, like, Witcher 3, for example, was such a humongous game, and I think I that's 620 hours I've got on it or something, <laughs> and I still have a massive list of quests to do. Um, and but part of me didn't want to see everything in The Witcher. I liked that it was un- that it was a world to get back to at some point. Um, but if you had that, where like either the side content is better than the main stuff and you get lost in it, but then like that whole idea of trying to mop up everything. Like if you had a game that where you've gone like, actually, I'm never going to see all this because Skyrim, I guess, was another one too. Totally, like all of those like big big RPGs. I just kind of mm. know going in that I'm never going to do every single thing in it. Like I played, <laughs> you know, Bethesda games, especially hundreds and hundreds of hours of my life. You know, like mm. over 150 hours in Fallout 4 or whatever. You know, 100 hours in Skyrim. You know, playing these games nonstop. And yeah, mm. if I went, if I booted up a save, for instance, I'll still have missions in my log list that I didn't get to, or like areas that I didn't fully explore because I do think, like you say, man. Like, there's a beauty in knowing when to kind of, like, call it quits. Like, when you're just finding the limits of a world, for instance, in Skyrim, or finding the limits of the world in The Witcher 3, Mm -hmm. it almost... This is, again, perhaps a bit wanky and a bit too... um, (laughs) Looking at my own ass for for a podcast on games. Do it. but maybe at a certain point, it'd be co- it stops feeling magical. You know, it stops feeling mm. like a like a world that yeah. I'm in. In kind of, I was thinking the same you thing. Know, you're pushing up again. Yeah. You're you're at, you're establishing the boundaries, and then it's not a yes. world anymore. It is a place space. It is a sandbox. Like yeah, there are limitations totally. to it. Like like part of me loves that Skyrim, that Fallout, that The Witcher kind of exists when I'm not there. Like there are missions right, that right. I never got to see. It makes the world kind of feel bigger than perhaps it is and if i did do everything i'd almost kind of like limit it if i mopped up everything i'm kind of like well this world is finished like i know that doesn't make any real sense in terms no, of the narrative of its place but mm-hmm. yeah i do kind of like that it has a life beyond me which is weird <laughs> excuse me but one thing i was going to ask was um because i wrote down the idea of like trophy hunting because we were t- we mentioned before about like side quests and trying to do as much as possible and I was thinking about New Vegas, and I remember that you and Benroy are way more trophy hunting folk than me, or 100%, like you'll try and 100% the game or trophy hunt and stuff like that. I've got way more into trophy hunting this generation than ever before, which I know is crazy because everyone hates the trophy layout on the <laughs> PS5. And I like that. I like that vertical card thing because I can see what trophy I'm near, and then I can go for it. And I know that only me and Jim Ryan like that, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> and so, like, that got me into trophy hunting. But how does... The idea of trophy hunting sit with like that idea of like completing something because for me i um my i only i my first platinum was astro boy or astro bot or whatever it's called the built the built-in packing one because it's really really easy and then the only one that i've ever really gone for was final fantasy 7 remake and that was literally just because it's final fantasy i was like i'm gonna make a point of platinum platinuming this game because i adore it um, or i adore final fantasy 7 so i'm gonna go into it and platinum it and that made me go oh my god this is exhausting this is horrible <laughs> but i have seen everything um, and I didn't platinum the Yuffie DLC because I was like, this is horrendous. But what's your general thoughts on trophy hunting? Have you, are you still as much of a trophy hunter? Or does, like, have you bounced off that a bit in regards to, like, as games have gotten bigger and there's more side content and there's more go find every last thing and do this and that? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you in this, you know. When I, when mm. I you know, platinum a game, I get all the achievements for a game, often it's, it's either because it's really easy and it's right, right there and it's like, well, why would I leave two? 
hanging when it's just killing five <laughs> more people or whatever. But for the uh -huh. most part, it's 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 more like a, a a statement to myself that I really love the game. If I really love a game, I'll mm. go out of my way to try and get the platinum for it because then I have it on my profile and I kind of fondly remember when I got the platinum trophy for it. When I put all that time in, I remember you know playing Uncharted Four, which I absolutely loved, and obviously that's like a really self-contained, story-driven game. If you don't go on the multiplayer side of things, it's like fifteen mm -hmm. hours or whatever. And I remember getting to the end of it and thinking, oh. That was good. In fact, I don't want this to end, so I would go back into combat encounters just to get the trophies, just to mm -hmm. get that little bit more life out of it. So for me, it's I won't go out of my way to get trophies unless it's a game, for the most part, that I'm like really passionate about, that I really, really love. Is like, with that in mind, like there is because I had the exact same feeling with Unch I thought Uncharted 4 was a bit long, but in terms of the gameplay, I went back in, I threw the slow motion mode on, yeah. and I just had fun in, in that combat model in slow motion. And like I love that stuff. Hardly any games, for me at least, as someone who's only coming into the trophy stuff now, get their trophy requirements right in regards to like like encouraging you to experiment with a combat model or have fun with a certain platforming gauntlet or like, hey, can you do this in three moves instead of four? Or like, you know, hey, can you use this weapon to get through this set of enemies? Or like, hey, can you only survive this fight on counters only or parries or something? Like, it's nearly always just go find every side quest, go find every collectible, go do this thing 50 times. And like, I don't know, like, I just think there's so much more that can be done that could absolutely Venn diagram everything that we've said. Like, you've got like a circle for main content, a circle for side content, a circle for collectibles, and like maybe a circle for like skill, and you sort of nexus that right through the middle, and that's that should be your trophy list. Like something that encourages you to see everything in a given game, but in a way that's purposeful. And like, maybe you mm -hmm. miss a, a side character or an NPC or something, but there's a trophy attached to it in a way that like points you towards it. I just, for me, I mean, it's I guess it's like a whole... Thing that dovetails into like trophy design but like when was the last time you came away from a game and thought that the trophy list like encouraged you to see the side content or 100 percent it in like a genuinely fully enjoyable way and it wasn't remotely like ticking boxes two two games spring to mind one Interesting. hollow knight <laughs> hollow knight right now and like i said when i thought hey, the I tokyo olympic done. games game is, is <laughs> spot on for this too but yeah carry on <laughs> but i thought i was doing i was like okay I, you know i've got barely any trophies what am i missing and i kind of was looking through and you know seeing references to like certain characters certain mm. side quests and then that got me interested oh who are these characters what are these side quests so then i would google them you know figure out what i was what i was missing and then mm. that kind of encouraged me to go back and because it wasn't just going back for the trophy it was going back for something i missed like i kind right. of went hand in hand you know and encouraged me to see it through but i think it's actually you know, I thought that Sony and PlayStation were really crap with trophies, like in the PS3 era. I thought they were too hard. I thought they, they were didn't too... know what they were. They were yeah. just chasing achievements at that point. Totally. I thought they were just kind of like, you know, not fun to do, but I think they've gotten so much better over the years, especially with Insomniac's games, like um, Miles Morales, oh, totally. uh, yeah. Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, all joys to Platinum because they're not too yeah. difficult. They're very, e not very easy. They're very straightforward and yeah. you know what you're doing and it feels like a manageable task. It doesn't feel like beat Resident Evil in three hours with only knives or anything. It's just a knife, yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's not any kind of like single outliers where suddenly everything is really difficult, even though the past 49 trophies were really quite straightforward, you know, it wasn't this <laughs> kind of like ragged one right at the very end. So mm -hmm. Insomniac, I think, have been doing just really well with trophy lists and encouraging you to see everything in those games. That was the game before when I when I laid out that question, there was something in the back of my head that I couldn't place it with Spider-Man. That's the game. Spidey, uh, the PS4 version, obviously the remastered one, and Miles Morales, they're both really fun Platinums. Like, they're really easy to get. Um, a lot of them are, like, just based around combat stuff, experimenting with the different, like, possibilities in combat. Yeah, that was totally the thing that I was trying to nail down. 
Um, I just feel like, yeah, there's so, like, I just uh, sometimes, I mean, obviously you see it in titles like Anthem or Avengers or No Doubt X Defiant, like this whole idea of, like, side stuff that's just there to bulk it out. Like, it's a way to try and go, well, we want to charge you 60 pounds, whatever premium price point, so we need some hashtag content on the side, and it doesn't feel anywhere near as authored as the main stuff. Um, which is another reason to throw back in Ghost of Tsushima because it feels like that everything in that game is authored. Even if you spend your time just talking to um, not even necessarily side quest characters, but just NPCs who have those random like generated missions. Like someone has some thugs have like attacked a village and, and you can go and like clear that place out, um, which is what I spent all my time doing. That was the thing that I did. And then you were like, so you did that, but you didn't do the side stuff. And I was like, but the woman's got her fish, mate. She's lost all her fish. I've got to go and get the fish back. And uh, that was my whole thing. But for me, it is that sort of overarching sensibility, sense of authorship. And I think that some of the games that have, have been the biggest games that have fallen the hardest have a complete lack of authorship. Like even, and I, I guess, what, what would you think of something like Cyberpunk? Because I feel like that has more authorship than and Avengers, but it still was yeah. this like disparate, messy thing. I don't know if you did everything in Cyberpunk, but that was one of the games where I tried to do as much as possible. I tried to do, uh, Cyberpunk's a weird one because that pissed mm. me off for other reasons <laughs> outside the content just because it kept crashing on me like every half an hour. But yeah, that was a trophy list I looked at because like, you know I was really enjoying it when it worked over Christmas Same. and I was putting like eight hour shifts in every single day on my days off. And you know, there was something to that game that kept me coming back in the way that all of the games we just talked about did. You know, there's so much to see. There's so much I wanted to see, but mm. I was looking at the trophy list and sometimes when it comes to playing something again or trying to get like a different version, you know, or a different ending, which I, mm. I'm pretty sure there are trophies for the different endings in yes. Cyberpunk. It's kind of like, I've, I've got my ending and I only want to right. go back and get the other one if, you know, if I kind of am interested, I suppose, but I can kind of see that in YouTube or if I want to go through it all again, you know, I kind of mm -hmm. have my canon ending and I kind of want to leave it at that to like wrap it off because he's another phenomenon <laughs> that I've got to throw your way, Scott, because Bring it. you, if again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think with Ghost of Tsushima, you completed some of the side quests after you finished the main yes. mission. Yes. To me, that's a complete boner killer, man. Once I've finished the main story, like the enthusiasm I have for the side quests just kind of like dries up, and I don't know why right. because that nothing's lost. But oh, I it's done. I like, mean, if you've if you've hit credits, it's done. Totally. But I, I mean, sometimes I will stick around for the odd one or two. But sometimes I'll be like, right, I've got all of these side missions to do, but I should probably mm -hmm. focus on the main story. Don't worry, Josh, I'll get back to them, and I know I never will because, like, right. I, like I was saying before with The Witcher or Fallout or whatever. At a certain point, the magic kind of goes, the magic kind of fails, and I'm and I'm not in that world like I was. So I like mm -hmm. to do most of the side content before I finish the main story, because otherwise I know something's going to click in my brain and it's not going to feel as good. I will add an addendum again to the thing you said, because it, it, I think that that's an anomaly. I think Ghost of Tsushima is an anomaly. It depends on what the game genre is, because uh, if there's something where it feels like it's going to let the, the map open up and the story impetus is there to like see it through, like in Tsushima's case, you're literally trying to protect the land. You're trying to like see things through and meet up with your uncle and, and fend off the um, whatever that dude's called, the Khan who's um, the, the leader of the forces that are attacking Sushima itself. So, um, like, in, you know, you can carry that across to something like a Mass Effect. It's like there's a very there's a very specific reason you are, like, chasing this stuff down. Yeah. Um, but there's an underlying feeling. In, so GTA, I feel, like, um, pioneered it, where it's like you're going to get your campaign out the way, and then you can enjoy the rest of the world. When, it, when you're not as pressing, it's not like something needs to be done. Like, there's a crazy... Like, in uh, Mass Effect, it's like, well, Saren is, like, clearly on the loose. You need to go track him down. Mass Effect 3, the, the entire universe is ending. You, need, you probably need to go sort that out, and then you can do some other stuff. And so, like, in Ghost of Tsushima's case, it was like, right, I'll do the Khan stuff, um, and then try and help everybody else. And, uh, and luckily for me, they wrote that game in a way... And they do it even as you're getting up to the final stuff, where they sort of say, like, 
hey, don't worry. I think they have a character, it might be the uncle character, who literally says, like, we should take care of this and then we can go back to something else. It's like, they're letting you know, like, hey, it's going to be fine. Um, the world's going to open up afterwards. And uh, and I, like, massively appreciate that. But I, for the most part, if I hit credits and nothing has, has pulled me in, like uh, Skyward Sword, then that game can, any game like that, I'm hitting credits, I'm done. Like, it's it yeah. has to be a very special game that would make me go back and do the other stuff. Because um, for the most part, that pull is just gone. It depends what the, I guess, the chunk of satisfaction is, like whether it's that story beat or, you know, seeing a character arc get fulfilled. What am I really going to get from the extra stuff? It's not like yeah. I was spending much time in GTA doing like the fire the fire engine missions or the police missions <laughs> or anything. It was just, there was I don't know about you, but GTA campaigns were like, they were done. And then that was yes. it. Like I got them out of the way and I spent more time in the open world. Like I've, I've only played the, each of the GTA campaigns through once and that yeah. was it. Same, like most of that's like the open world anarchy. But I think it kind of comes down to what you said earlier about what is the priority? What are you there for? Mm. Are you there for the side stuff? Are you there for the main stuff? Um, or which feels more significant? You know, for instance, like going back to Bethesda games, like mm. the, the main campaigns for those games, are, they're, they're decent. They're pretty good, but yeah. they're not what I'm there for. I'm not there to play the main story of Skyrim, you know, even though it is quite nice. Oh. I'm there the, the wind-up indeed, because side every time friend. anyone mentions Skyrim, I, I feel like I'm there with my little flag, my little Bethesda flag going, the main campaign's good, guys. The bit, well, the bit with the dragon on the cliff, it's really good. I agree. I agree. It is good. It's not bad. But no. it's not what I was playing the game for, if that makes <laughs> sense. I was playing no. the game for everything else, and that was a nice little cherry on top of the See? game. In Skyrim's case, in my stupid head, I was like, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to be, because you're the Dragonborn, you've got to go and save people, the dragons are back, you're the only one who knows how to quell them or whatever. So in my head, I got all that out of the way, I did all the stuff with the Greybeards, I went and talked to Parthenax, did all that kind of thing, and then I went to the College of Winterhold, and then I did the, became a vampire or whatever, I became a werewolf, and, uh, and did all that sort of stuff. Um, but in my head, I have to get the main stuff out the way. I can't I can't remotely prioritize the side stuff, which reminds me of when we all played, me, you, and Ben Rod played through Death Stranding together, and yeah. you stayed in that opening bit of Death Stranding, having a whale of a time. But I was like 20 hours into the story, whereas you were like, I'm still carrying the parcels, lads, for the first like three, three people. But you were having a lovely time. I think I spent like nine hours or something in that first area. Just <laughs> I remember checking in with parcels, you like man. day after day after day. And I, and I knew as I was typing the message out, you're going to tell me that's where you still were. But yeah. I was just like, how are you getting on? You're like, well, I'm still doing them. I'm still going to get level 10. I've got to get all these things. It's funny because, you know, sometimes you're like, you're, you're your own worst enemy, right? Like you, yeah. you stick to these kind of opening areas and then like you burn yourself out. Like Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, like the oh, first God, area yeah. from that. Like, the developers literally had to say, please move on. This is a tutorial area. There was so much better <laughs> stuff to see. But it's almost like, well, you've built this game this way. You yeah, you did this to, to us. Do this. I am leveling up. I'm getting more powerful. I'm having a good time. It's not mm -hmm. my fault I'm missing out on 90 hours of content just by staying in the tutorial mission. But it's, uh, I know, I think it's just fascinating the different ways we sort of, you know, approach games. Because, mm -hmm. again, correct me if I'm wrong, making a lot of wild assumptions about you today, Scott <laughs> But, you know, you were saying before about how you kind of, order a, a platter of games in you give them all yes. a little taste drink all of the little uh you know chases that come with them mm -hmm. and then you decide which ones kind of like i just see what you. sticks yeah yeah totally which i think is like you know a totally great way to actually approach this and probably mm -hmm. smarter than what i do but for me it's kind of like i don't have the tasters i just jump into the main meal so it's why i don't play as broad a thing as you but i think mm -hmm. it's why when i do finally pick a game i'm like i'm like in it you know what i mean there's no tasting to yeah. be done and I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll window shop for a long time. I'll look at the menu for a long time. And then finally I'll zero in and I'll pick my main thing and then I'll jump in. 
Well, well, I mean, one thing, like, because I, it depends what it is. Like, I mean, it's like, I definitely do have the, let me pick this big game and get through it. If it's something with a reputation, if it's something I'm looking forward to, then that is going to take precedence anyway. Um, but it does depend what it is. I think also there's obviously a massive financial factor to it. I mean, I literally throw my wager as many games as possible. That just is what I do. And obviously, like, Game Pass came along and managed to let a lot of other people go, okay, here's a handful of games. And obviously, they're new games if you're on the Xbox side. Um, but yeah, I kind of just, I kind of just refer to it as like a subconscious test. Like, I'll play like, Whatever, I'll play everything. If it's Brad, whatever, whatever is out. One of the, the only new games that I haven't got to is that Monster Hunter Stories 2, but I played the demo of, of that. Um, but the likes of Death's Door, The Ascent, um, you know, I've been getting stuck into them. And it's like, those things, Death's Door completely too cold. That, that's all I've been playing. And it's like, okay, that passed the subconscious test. That's something where I, I think about it when I'm at work. I can't wait to get playing it. And it's the thing that I'm glad that boots back up when I put the Xbox back on. Um, but that's not always the case. I think some stuff... I don't, know, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes for me, I go back to like a, a, a dashboard on the PS5 or whatever, like a week later, and I'll just see the icon of a game there. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was that was a whole thing. I was like, I played that. That was like a thing <laughs> that I put like six to eight hours in. And I guess my brain just checked it out because I did something else. And uh, and I can go back to that, but it's it's failed the subconscious test. And I know that that's because of the embarrassment of riches approach that I'm doing. But at the same time, I part of me views that that is like a qualifier, like only certain things are going to get through. And I can consciously will stuff. I can like focus on certain things, obviously. But um, there is that sort of thing of like, if I'm throwing up five, six games or whatever, then what's, whatever's going to get through is already like a marker of quality. Yeah. At least for me. I, I, I wish that could be me. But what you just, <laughs> what you just described... When you get your Xbox, you'll be flying. Well, that's it, man. That's, that's the worry. You know, it's, it's funny. Even when we get like, you know, games for free sometimes, we get like multiple codes. Mm. Like sometimes if I know I can't dedicate the time to it, like... I almost won't even boot it up, you know what I mean? Just to even try it. And I'm like, right, I'm not going to be able to like invest in this as much as it deserves to give it a proper opinion. So I'm like, I just, I just won't touch it at all. Same with like television. Whereas me, that Whereas... download finishes at half past two in the morning. I'm doing the first level, mate. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing whatever it is. I need, I need it. I've, that's what I'm there for. Exactly. But I, it's, it's, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just that I know if I play for two hours, that's me for the next 20. There's no way I'm like pulling myself out of this. I've committed uh, to it now. Therefore, I must finish. And obviously, I don't finish everything if it's not very good. You know, I will break things off. I broke Anthem off after like five hours. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we're not yeah. we're not psychopaths. But I mean, no, the, the nearest not, thing you know, I think to you limits. Brute, um, brute forcing your way through something was Days Gone. Or I, I thought you wouldn't enjoy uh, Devil May Cry 4. I remember when you went through all the DMC games in a row. And like, there, yeah, there are some things where it's like, I'm just going to get through this because then I'm going to have the knowledge of having gone through it. Um, but I think overall, as games have gotten bigger, and especially across the 2010s, like their open world is just such a staple genre now, or like general bigger games are such an, uh, such an, an expectation based on the price tag and everything, that it is like kind of fascinating to break down people's like general habits. Because I mean, Kotaku did that whole survey back in sort of, I think it was 2010, maybe 2011, um, where it was like 90% of gamers don't finish, or well, players don't finish their games. Um, and that's, a lot of that does come across like is i am i only finishing one in 10 games i don't think so but um, i think if i was the average consumer especially with something like game pass um that thing that that side of it fascinates me like i would imagine that completion rates have dropped off a cliff since game pass came in if yeah. you look if you looked at people who are playing stuff on game pass um because you don't need to stick with something you you don't have the premium price point uh, premium price point as an impetus to get through it you can just sort of jump between different things it makes the whole world weirdos like me where you can just start <laughs> juggling 10 titles at once and whatever you get through is the way it's supposed to go um but yes let us know what you think come find us on social media we'll dive into whatever happens this time next week do you know what will be um what will happen between between now and next week josh brown i know what you're gonna say i know exactly what do you know you're exactly gonna what say. it's gonna be is it yep, is it hasan isn't it 
Yeah, it is. It is abandoned. Yeah, because because no one will abandon it. That that thing. It's the ninth. That thing gets revealed either at midnight tonight or at some point tomorrow. And it's absolutely not Silent Hill or Metal Gear Solid. But I'm hoping that me saying that makes it true. Because what even? I mean, we're going to do a news video on it tomorrow. So we'll just whatever happens, whatever it is, we'll just bottle that energy. And you're we'll be up playing something at midnight once it unlocks. You're gonna be waiting for this abandoned thing to drop. You're nocturnal at this point, man. Like, you, <laughs> Look at sleep. blurry, blurry images of some like asset swapped hero that he found on the Epic Game Store, whatever the hell it is. But um, yeah, the whatever that abandoned thing is, the the ongoing Hassan Karaman thing. We'll know what that is by tomorrow. But um, yeah, for now, though, this has been The Wind-Up. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a very good week, and we'll catch you all next week. I've been Scott Tailford, joined by Josh Brown. Bye-bye. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.